Hello, welcome to a very special episode of Riot Act with me, Stephen Hill, and I'm joined, I'm delighted to say, by uh, two gentlemen whose music I've enjoyed for a very long time, Mr. Matt Cavalier and Mr. Greg Pachato from Killer Be Killed. How you doing, gents? Thanks very much for, for coming on the show. Good to be here, man. Very, very uh, happy to be here. It's a, it's a nice, sunny Arizona day outside. Right. Well, we've got a dark, nasty, rainy British <laughs> background, if you want to see it. Um, how about you, Greg? How's it going? It's good, man. Can't complain, you know. Good. Uh, I'm in the same boat as everybody else over here right now. Like, mm. you know, we're all, we're all in this, you know, dealing with the COVID thing, and we're dealing with the Trump thing. But, you know, we're on the, it seems like we're getting, getting to a good place, and fucking our record is coming out, which is pretty badass. And we've been working on that for a long time, so it's all good. Yeah, man. I mean, I was going to say this year has been a year full of pretty nasty surprises. So to get a Killer Be Killed record, which I don't think anybody really saw coming. I mean, I'm, you know, even from within, quote unquote, the industry, if you like, I didn't really hear anybody rumoring the fact that there might be new Killer Be Killed material. So um, it, it's a lovely surprise. I mean, where did it kind of come from and how did it kind of come up because obviously six years without a record and now you guys are back yeah well i mean we take a long time to do things because of the nature of uh, our schedules and everyone having other things going on so you know it wasn't i think people you know there's this misconception maybe at first that we did the record this year because you know we have a time off and that's not the case like we snuck it in so we you know, we finished it right before this covid thing happened and but we were working on it for like the last three or four years on and off like we you know, we we were we started studio tracking like June or May of or April or May of 2019. But before that, like in 2018, 2017, maybe even in 2016, we we were getting together for uh, you know out by Max's uh, in Phoenix to for writing sessions and things like that. But everything just takes forever because you get one done and you can't do another one for another four or five months because of everybody's schedule. So. We've been. Uh, we knew that. We knew it was going to take a really long time, and that was part of the reason why we didn't say anything. You know, because you get together and you get all excited, and your first instinct is to be like, "Hey, everyone, we're working on a record," and then you think, "Wait a second, you know, we, we it might take us three or four years to do this because of the scheduling." So we we just kept it mum, you know, kept it under wraps, and uh, and and uh, snuck it in right before the the buzzer went off for the COVID thing. And uh, thank God, because if we didn't have this this year. For us, like I think it would have drove us nuts. I think it would have drove us nuts to be like ninety percent of the way done, and then have to stop, you know, because of all this stuff. It would have been crazy, maddening. Mm. Um, just to go back, like way, way back, before we get right into the album and and what it's like and how it came about and everything. Um, you two guys, I suppose the first time you would have worked together was on the Omen Soulfly album. Is is that right? Yeah, yeah, it was. Uh... We I invited Greg to sing on Soulfly's Omen record. Um, you know, being a a big um always liked Greg's work, the Lingerscape plan, you know, and everything. And we bumping with each other at the at the Deftones uh tribute show for Chi in LA. Right. And and then it was kinda like Hey man, I'm in. I'm in here in LA making a new record. Would you like to come to the studio and, um, you know, lay down some screaming? Some I got. I have this really sick song, and uh, and and Greg came and um, 
for my surprise, I loved the way he sang on the record, man. It was so killer because it was totally opposite of what I thought was gonna happen on the on the vocals. It was really, really one of the few times I've been totally knocked out, surprised by a, by a vocal performance where I was like, "Where the fuck did that came from?" I had no <laughs> idea. You know, it was awesome. And then uh, after that, Greg called me and wants to start uh, a project, kind of like Nail Bomb. Um, so it was, it's, it's Greg's idea pretty much, you know, which is, which is really cool. And I was a little hesitant first, but he, you know, he called it's again, bothering him. kept calling. I say, stop bothering him. if you don't, if you stop calling, I'll do the project. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Nah, yeah. I kind of, I kind of remember at the time that you saying that that was how you guys got together and it was, you know, very much like Greg, I mean, for you. I'm, I'm imagining you kind of grew up listening to Max's work and I know Nail Bomb, yeah, of course. you know, was a, like, that was such a massive record, the Nail Bomb record. So I think immediately just you sort of mentioning that and that that notion of that album being thrown around, I think people who remember that record coming out were in, immediately super excited by the idea of it. Yeah, and I didn't mean that we were going to make a record that sounded like Nail Bomb, you know. It was more about the spirit of it and the idea that, like, you could just do things outside of the band that's like your main grind and you could just do a one-off and you could do something that's takes you out of your comfort zone. But to, to me, I feel like when you have chemistry with someone, you know, in life, like you have to explore that chemistry. And there's times when you, have, you know, whether it's a person or a friend or, or, or a musician or, or, or collaborator or whatever, and you meet someone and you have some sort of chemistry, you know, and that's what you're looking for. And uh, I feel like, you know, when we did that song, it was obvious that we had some sort of thing that we could keep building upon. And that, that wasn't it, that that wasn't the, for me, at least I was like that track that we it, it was so easy for us to work together without getting in each other's way. Like where we have a real natural overlap, but where we can still be, you know, you can still be do your thing and and uh, it doesn't impede on the other person. It actually adds to their thing. And uh that's what you're looking for, you know? And so when that song happened, and it felt like, man, we've got some more. I think there's some more with this, you know? I think if we go down this road, there's something else there. And, and uh, obviously, like, saying doing a whole record is, you know, I'm a really excitable person. So, I'll, I'll, you know, I was probably, you know, a little fucked up. I was probably like, let's do a whole record. We should do a whole record. And then, uh, and then the op, you know, when you think about it, that's a lot of work. And then, but we were like, okay, you know, Max, Max was like, yeah, come on out, come on out. Uh, if you wanna, if you wanna come out here and write some riffs and work on some riffs, and uh, so I threw some guitars in a car, and you know, and, and drove out, drove out through the desert to Max's place, and we sat, you know, in a room for uh, for three days, basically just woke up and did nothing but uh, but but write and record and and knock out. We had like fifteen demos, I think, out of those three days. Yeah, and. Uh, like pretty fully formed like verses and chord of course it's not not vocals but riffs and uh like structures and and when we left it was just he and i like we didn't think about having we weren't thinking about starting a band that's one of the things that's really cool about this now that i'm you know doing all this press and this record's coming out it's 10 years later i mean that happened 11 years ago really so 2009 that was 2009 when i did the soulfly thing and i think maybe the end of that year was when we first got together and uh that was still a year away from Troy being involved. So Troy didn't get involved until the end of 2010. So this whole thing was no, like we didn't go into this being like, let's start a band and make the band real big and we're going to be this big metal band and we're going to call up this guy and we're going to call that guy and we're going to make it this big metal super group. Like we didn't have that. 
that, that was never a conversation. That was never a goal. And that's what makes this really special to me is that it was, it's really natural. It came, everything about it was really natural. Like, you know, bumped into Max at a show, completely the, natural. Go over to his place and play riffs together. That's what you would do when you're a kid. You know, you take your guitar over to your friend's house and you sit there and you fucking play riffs together and you write songs. And, like, you know, there's it, everything was really fucking natural. And then, you know, even the Troy thing, I'm, I'm sure I'm jumping ahead now, but even that, you know, came from just like, a conversation and natural, you know, he just naturally got absorbed into it. And Ben too, like later on down the line. And, and you know, I'll let you ask questions because I'm sure I'm getting further ahead here. But no, like, no, that's fine. Yeah, when, the, the when spirit, we start. Yeah, I think this, the spirit of it, uh, I, I think I can even go as as back as say, if I had met Greg in high school, we would have formed a band together, you know? That right, kind of, exactly. That kind of that's what I tell people. I've been telling people in interviews. It's like we might be different ages. We're not drastically different ages, but we, we might be different ages. But the the core of all of us is that we were fans of heavy music and fans of metal and, and aggressive music and everything that kind of falls under the heavy umbrella, like alternative, industrial, thrash, doom, whatever. Uh, we were all fans of that at you know the earliest point of our life. We got into playing music because of that kind of music. And that is where we intersect like when we get together you know we bring together we come with like the high school you know or 13 year old or high school version of our like that enthusiasm that's still in us that's right. our inter that's where we intersect you know so max is right like if we'd have met one another when we were both 16 if we were magically in a world where we were 16 years old at the same time we would have been in a band together we would have started i would have been like that guy's a badass i want to sing over those riffs you know i want to fucking you know write some risks with that guy you know so we would have uh and that's the same way troy and ben ended up in the band and and uh yeah it's just it's really cool to have something like that happen later in life because those are the kinds of things that happen when you're when you're a kid you know or later in life you have the you have the ability to cherry pick people so the natural thing would be to be like oh i'm gonna get this guy and that guy and this guy we're gonna put them all together and like we didn't operate we didn't do that it was just really natural really pure that's really interesting i mean there's something that I was going to ask you about a little bit later on, but since you sort of mentioned it about the kind of, you mentioned the word supergroup, and I was going to talk to you about the kind of terminology of how you feel about the, the term, you know, supergroup a, a little bit later on. But I think what's interesting about this band is that every time you hear, or you as a fan, hear the idea of a group of musicians that you really, really like getting together, um, I think in your head you have an idea of what you would like that to sound like. Um, for me, everything that I wanted, all the kind of best things of, you know, Sepultura and Dillinger and Mastodon and Converge and all these other bands that you guys have, have been in, it kind of just takes all of that and, and puts all the things in it that I want to hear from it. Um, right on. Do you, do you ever, I mean, it sounds like you don't, but do you ever kind of sit there and go, if we, you know, when we're writing this song, we get Troy to do this part, like we play a real, there's, there's bits in it where I'm like, that's a real kind of brilliant Soulfly riff with a really brilliant Troy from Mastodon melodic vocal part over the top of it. Do you kind of sit there and go, when people hear this, they are going to lose their shit. Do you ever think <laughs> about how people will react to that sort of stuff? I, I, I don't because uh, I don't, these guys, I don't know. It's like, I feel like we're really naturally not very egotistical people and i think that the only way to make something like this work is to forget that you have 
you're that you forget that you've already done something else. You know, like you're not the person you were yesterday. You're the person that you are today. Like you're not you don't wake up in the morning and like put on your 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 you costume from the shit that you did yesterday and last week and last year and two years ago. So when I see Troy, I'm not like, oh, there's a Mastodon guy walking in. When I see Max, I'm not like, oh, Sepultura Soulfly. It's like I know that they've done those things, but I don't walk around thinking like, you know, I'm coming in the door, Grave Dillinger Escape Plan's here, everybody, let me do my thing. Like that's ridiculous, you know? So like I feel like you have like a certain you know, I'm that guy in you know with those people, and like with this, with this band, like we pull what we pull out of one another because of our natural intersections, and and uh, you know, I don't, I'm aware that other people will think that way, and I'm aware that other people will think that that's like neat, I guess, or like, but but if you think about that, I feel like you can get a little bit too reliant upon it, and and you will know that you maybe you're not trying as hard because you'll just think that like. Oh yeah, people are just gonna lose their minds over this just by the nature of, you know, this guy acting. You know, being with this guy, it's like you put two, uh, two big name actors in the movie, and you think that like, oh yeah, people are just gonna geek out about this movie because these two actors are in it that that usually don't work together. Yeah, you know, yeah. and but and then you might get lazy with the script and you might get lazy with the directing because you know people are just gonna be amped. And uh, I think especially on this record because it's. You know that novelty is out of the way now. The first record, it was a little bit more so. I was aware of that because you know we're a little bit more ego back then. I feel like we were more aware of each other's other bands and trying not to step on each other's toes, and we were more aware of the novelty of all of us being together. But I think that this time we really knew, and it wasn't even because of we didn't even have a conversation about it. But I think we all really subconsciously knew that this record had to be a record where people needed to be able to hear it and feel that this is exciting and this is awesome and I I don't I'm not even aware that these people are from other bands or people could hear it and be like I didn't even the wait these guys are in other bands you know like I really really felt that you know this is the record you make two records then you're no longer a novelty you're no longer like a curiosity you're a band and in order for you to be a real band you have to you have to not just be an all-star team because an all-star team is yeah it's a freak show it's a curiosity you don't win the finals with an all-star team man you know like yeah. you, it's just something that's like a it's like a carnival thing like so we needed to get away from that yeah i guess it's like that that um that film with de niro and pacino together that everyone was like oh they're finally in a film together and then it was a terrible film so you kind of have to <laughs> yeah. like make sure I, you don't do that the, the, the thing i think is cool about killer be kill and i really mean this i think is that friendship overcome e egotistical things we are really every time we spend apart for like eight months without seeing each other the minute we got together in the same room there is this really killer vibe man that is not you cannot force the vibe it's a it's a pure very very pure really enjoy you you want to you don't want to be anywhere else in the world but in that room with those fucking guys at that moment is that kind of feeling and i think that is something that you cannot manufacture it's it's a it's an organic thing and that and i think that was is the most important thing on killer bq is that uh you know uh, of course we all come from you know uh, pretty uh successful bands and everything but we don't need to say that to the to the next person and we're all working with the same goal is to bring our best parts to make the best music we can make and that together with the friendship it's just a winning thing man it's awesome i i think uh there, there's there's a crazy magic about killer bq it's almost like if you put on paper those bands 
you go, nah, this is never going to work. Just forget it. It's a, this is a horrible idea. Uh, but it, it, <laughs> it, but it's not. It doesn't happen like that. It's the opposite. It's actually really fucking exciting, man. And uh, every time I saw those guys, I had the same feeling. It's just, I'm, I'm, I'm happier here than anywhere else. I, this is where I want to be making this music, these riffs, these vocals. And it translated to the album. I really believe this. And it feels like a, like a real band. It's no longer a side project curiosity one thing. It's actually turning into a band thing, which is, I think, I always wanted that to, to, to become true, to be more like a real band. Uh, and we did everything like a real band, jamming together, no no uh, sharing files over the computer, like all together in a, in a room like Black Sabbath used to do, like Iron Maiden, you know, like, like a real band, like a real man does. <laughs> yeah. Well, Max, I was going to say to you, actually, like, I feel that, you know, with the, the sheer, well, I like, want to look at the, you know, the people that have been on records that you've produced in the past, everyone from, you know, Mike Patton to Travis from Cattle Decapitation to Greg to, you know, Chino to Grady from Will Hay. Like, you know, there's this unbelievable list of people that you've worked with over your career. And it feels like you have this sort of, I don't want to blow smoke up your ass, but this kind of magic touch of being able to get these amazing performances out of people. Um, what do you, what kind of, as a musician, as an artist, what kind of um, nourishment and excitement do you get from working with, you know, not just a lot of people, but such a different wide ranging group of people? Yeah, I always liked that idea, man. Since the beginning, you can go back to the early Sepultura era where the we had already guests on our, on our records uh we either will be brazilian guys involved in um albums like schizophrenia and then we had we end up getting you know people kelly Schaefer from atheist on on beneath the remains uh and then the idea just really evolved we, we end up the bigger we got we got to like choose different people so uh, Chaos AD came, so we had the idea to work with Jello Biafra, which was one of our punk rock idols growing up in Brazil, and we got to do that. Mm. And then Roots came, we got to work with Mike Patton, um, and it just, the enjoyment was so good about each one of those sessions that I was like, I don't want to stop. I want to continue. This is too good, too good to stop. And and I like to see that there's more of that in metal now than before. You see other bands doing that, and I, I love it. I think it's great. It's a little bit boring from the hip hop world. I think they do a lot of that in rap, and not much of yeah. that in metal in the past. But now there's more of that, mm. and I love it because I think you should share your music. Like, share music like you share like a good bottle of wine or 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 a joint if you smoke weed. You know, you share your mm-hmm. your stuff with other people, and uh, and to me, it's it's a, a, always a learning process like working with greg on rise of the fallen surprised me how he put the vocals on that song learning with mike Patton, he show up in the studio with a briefcase with a bottle of wine and some vocal pedals inside the briefcase like who does shit <laughs> like that it's just awesome yeah. man you know it's you're always learning from these people it's great and i never want to stop i mean it's it's, it's all and then killer bq is kind of like the ultimate thing like that i get to work with some of my favorite guys in in in, the, in music, and uh, you know they became friends, and now we just play, we make great records together, 
and um, so it's uh, it's it's a little bit different because those guest vocal ideas, you know, they only last for the song of that album, where Killer BQ is more of a constant thing, and it's, mm. you you spend more time together with those guys, you know. So it's 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 different, but uh, with, with the same excitement. Yeah, I mean, one of the things I think people really love about, I mean, and certainly I, I, what I fucking love about it is that kind of that that triple revolving frontman thing that you guys have going on, which again is just if you wrote it in your head as a fan, that's how you'd write it, and I just think it sounds so brilliant to utilize, you, you know, three very distinct but very very different voices all within uh, it just makes a song so much more uh, interesting and dynamic i think using your three very different vocals during every song do you know what i mean yeah yeah and and even my my role in killer bq it, I, I think it's interesting because a little bit different there's moments where like take a song like reluctant hero which is a, it's a beautiful song it's craftily really well and in my mind i'm thinking I don't want to ruin the song. I think if I put some <laughs> max vocals, I'm going to ruin the shit. So I, I mm. you know, in my conscience, I didn't have to tell the guys, but I was just like, just really step back and let the song be its its own thing. As, and so it's like a discipline of you're looking out for the song, not for myself. You know, it's not about me. It's about the song and it's about the record. And that's cool, I think, man. It's like we are working for... for for the album you know not you know we're not doing things that, which i think that's the different maybe with other maybe super groups or or super teams that a lot of times they're just looking out for themselves and we don't yeah. do that you know we're looking out for the for the pro, for the final thing you know that's the final vision of the whole of the song of of what and uh, yeah and, and i love that and i think the other thing is the the tag team thing that that came out in the first record that was like the magic moment the light bulb moment i remember when we first mm. stepped in the studio we had all the music we start singing and it was like wow this this shit is insane this is incredible yeah. everyone put vocals on different parts right remember greg that was like a was like was like a super exciting moment that we realized this thing is different than everything else we ever heard yeah it was sort of like the feeling that we had when we were on stage, like for that first time in, in uh, at Soundwave, where you're kind of like, oh shit, like you you know that you like you knew you had something, but then you this, you know something happens where you're like, oh fuck, like we got something, this is really cool, like and that's that yeah that moment when we were in that studio in the studio the first record when we were first like going back and forth and doing vocals and we started to hear like the one person like go right into the next person. Like you know, or be in the background while someone else is singing. It was just like, oh shit! Like you, it just kind of like, yeah. That was when it was really like obvious that we had something, something that something, some kind of magic going on. Wait till Ben. Wait till Ben gets a fucking headset mic, dude. Wait till we put a fucking headset <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> mic on Ben Kohler and make yeah, him start. Nice. Make him start singing. He's gonna end up being the lead singer. That's how that works. That's look at look at Braun. Dude. You're right. He took yeah. over the goddamn band. <laughs> <laughs> pretty soon ben, ben will just show up with all the vocals written and we'll just be his backup his backup singers but no uh yeah man i feel like uh one of the the most amazing part of this band like max was just saying is kind of like being like one of the most amazing parts is, is being able to like get out of the other person's way or how can i accent or accentuate 
what this other person is doing or get out of the way of it. And like that, you know, instead of trying to like be like, you know, me, 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 I'm going to jump in. I'm trying to jump in the spotlight or let me have my moment or let me have my time to shine. Like we don't act like that. We, we, we're almost trying to fight to get into the back of the picture. You know, if it was a photo, we're going to see, we're going to see, you know, we're going to fight for the back of the picture. And, uh, and be the, be a fan of the other guy, you know. Like one of the coolest things is being in the room when we're doing vocals because we don't do them like one. We don't all do all one person first. It's not like Max goes in, does all his vocals, and then Troy goes in and does all his vocals. Like we are all there, and sometimes it's like one line at a time, like one one bar at a time. Like you know, yeah. Max will go in and do like one or two lines, and then we're like, oh shit, oh shit, like. And then uh, I'm like, okay, let me get in there. I want to double you on this one word. And I jump in and do one word. And then, and then Troy's like, okay, I know what to do now. I'm going to do something, you know, right after that in this part that we didn't even think was going to have vocals. Let me, let me do this thing. And then it becomes like this, like, yeah, you're just throwing up alley-oops. You know, if it's basketball, you're just giving each other alley-oops and, you know, trying to see how many weird combinations of, that you can do. And you're excited about one another. And, like, sometimes you're in the background. Sometimes you're not even in the in the scene and then another you know the other thing is like we all are playing instruments on this and so you can have your creative validation and you can get your your you know you can feel like you're contributing even when you're not singing like you might have just done something you might have written the riff or you might have you might be doing something in the background on guitar that makes you feel like you're contributing and you don't need to jump on the mic at that moment and there's just so many ways that we are kind of all contributing to every moment of of the record and every moment of the song that allows us to just get out of each other's way and sort of just be a fan of the other person and uh that's and and we have so much fun when we're doing it one of the things that people keep telling me in these interviews is how that the record sounds like it you know fun record and uh and a lot of times when people say something is fun that might mean that you know it's it's not serious, and I, I don't think that's the case with this. I think it's like we we made a record that is heavy and aggressive, and and like you know at times you know serious subject matter, but it's also fun sounding, and I think that's because it is. And like what Max said earlier about like when we're together, it feels just like you know it's just friends, and like you don't want to be anywhere else. We have like the best time. Like I don't, you know, I've been in a bunch of bands and I made a bunch of records, but there's no band that I've ever done and no record that I've ever made that is this fun that I have as much fun doing as I have when we're, when we do this and it's, uh, you can hear it, you can hear it on the record. And, uh, a lot of that, like we were just saying has to do with knowing that that vocal process is going to happen. And once that vocal process starts happening, it's like, that's like the ultimate payoff, you Mm -hmm. know, for all the hard work, writing the music and recording the music as you get to that point where within like one hour, me and Troy and Max have all like tracked, a bunch of vocals on a song and you listen back to it and you're just like, holy fuck, you know, you can, it's a lot easier to be a fan of something when it's not just you, you know, when you're, but you can be, be a fan of the other guy. Yeah. I I mean, fun. I, I can see why you would have to sort of quantify the idea of such a brutal record being fun, but I mean, you're right. It's, it's, it's infectious, you know, it's like, it's got energy and it feels, I mean, I think that again, the thing that, I've really loved about I think both the records to be honest um is the fact that it does just feel like that kind of sense that you've just said about kind of people jumping in and out of the 
the the vocal booth and adding things to this record and bringing the you know the the, the shit that they're good at and that they're really passionate about that really that really really shines through for me on the record just to kind of back your point up there greg right on man um it's good to hear oh good well, if you were like no you're like no it doesn't sound fun at all what the fuck are you talking about <laughs> no well i know what i mean <laughs> no I, but i know i think there'd be people who would go that doesn't sound that much fun to me but i yeah but you know what it is I, it's weird like yeah there is this weird thing where like you're not allowed like fun you, you can ha- you have to be like brutal and serious mm. you're you know serious face and everything's so serious and like you can't have fun but like that i don't know like i think you can have both you know you can have both you can you the record can be you can sing about serious things and you can be screaming and you can have it be aggressive and heavy and like you know and it can still sound like fun you know it's like what you could still sound like you guys had a good time and it wasn't hell to make and that's what like motorhead had and that's what you know some mm. of the early metallica stuff had is like you i still feel like you know that stuff sounds fun to me like i it doesn't sound like a labor like it didn't sound like misery you know to be in those bands when, yeah. I, when I was a kid you know? right right yeah, yeah, yeah I, I sure. mean, perfect example would be cutie uh, vagabonds that's like i had so much fun on that right. song you know I you know a lot of lines that I didn't use it were like ridiculous. I wish I could re- could remember some of them now, you know. But I end up with with with, with a couple co- a good ones like you know, getting hammer playing loud. That's what life is all about. And I don't even drink anymore. Uh, but mm. I was referring to, you know, back in the day, you just get you get hammer and you go play loud, and it's the best feeling in the world. Uh, but that song is I, I love the spirit of the song and. Just right how you started, give me the mic and the night and, you know, just like, you know, with the yeah. fast, bad brains riff. And then, you know, you got Troy. That Troy's song the, feels like the studio to me. That song feels like the vocal process. Exactly, you know, it feels like exactly. the spirit of like our vocal recording. I was actually going to bring that song up because I, I, I think it's fucking brilliant, that song. And again, hearing Troy, who's known for, to most people would think, they think Troy Sanders, Mastodon, you know, kind of very serious, very um, conceptually, artistically minded, um, you know, mastered on music. And then it's a, it's a it's a hardcore song. It's like you say, like a kind of an old school hardcore song. And you're like, oh, it's Troy Sanders doing like <laughs> yeah, it's, old it's, school it's, hardcore. Amazing. <laughs> that was the best. When he came up with that chorus, I, was, I remember we're all high-fiving. Like, this is the coolest thing that, oh, oh you know, we're like, yes. Where where that came from, Troy? What? Yeah, man, you let yeah. it, you letting it go, man. It's it's awesome. Um, so in those moments, uh, yeah, I agree. I agree with Greg. It's like it what makes the process of the record is that that's what he meant by fun. It doesn't mean that that we don't care about the work and it, and it, we didn't pay attention to details. There's a lot of that all over the whole record, which is also is also part of the fun too. Like. Uh, when I when I come when you create a cool riff, or when I'm learning one of Greg's riff, and one of my favorite ones on the record is from a Crown the Wound that a lot of people is, is saying is one of their favorite songs on, on the album. That's an old song Greg had like 10, 15 years ago, with part of the demos of the first one, and uh, like learning that riff is so cool. It's so fun. It's fun, man. I love doing mm-hmm. that shit. You know, so uh, it's definitely very enjoyable moments in the studio that. Uh, we we didn't film a lot because we didn't want to like ruin the moment of having a camera filming every second of it like some other people do. 
but you know we have the memories in our minds to remember and it was a it was, it was a great time you know really really enjoy and looking forward to more of that yeah okay yeah. well um to kind of move on from uh what, what whatever we were talking about um the the sound wave you mentioned greg um the the shows at Soundwave. now i kind of remember it, reports were sort of floating back from peers of mine and stuff across you know from australia when you guys did those shows who were saying it was just incredible to see um and i was so so desperate for you guys to come over and do some sort of uk dates at that at that point um how was it when you guys first got on that Soundwave tour um what were the shows like uh, what are your kind of memories around that period of playing live um you can take that greg man it was really hot that's the first thing that comes to mind it was really hot like that was i've done that sound wave tour like a bunch of times and it's always like the peak of uh it's always like the peak of of summer in australia but that was a different level man that was we were like there there it was sauna it was like out an outdoor sauna but yeah i mean dude that was a magic moment like it's crazy you know you never know when you write something in the studio you're always hyped, you know, on what you do in the studio. And you can't really... Sometimes you can tell that things are going to be good live. And sometimes the things that you think are going to be good live aren't. And some songs that you don't think are going to be good live end up being good live. So you don't really know until you take the thing on the road. It's like a different component of... Uh, and at that point, you know, we, I don't think we knew that we were going to do another record. Um, we didn't... I thought we... Some of us, you know, it might have felt it might be a one-off. Like, you don't really know. And... uh we went down there to do Soundwave, and, and again, we had no idea. I wasn't really aware of whether or not our record had done well in Australia. I didn't really know whether or not people were into the band or into the into the record. And, you know, none of us really knew. And when we played that first uh, note, really, like the t first 10 seconds of the first song, it was out of control. Like, it was not just out of control, like the vibe in the crowd and between us and the crowd, but the vibe on stage was so explosive and and again like you know i was talking about chemistry like we had so much chemistry right away and uh and that was ben's first time with us and this to me is when th we became a a, a band right. and it became more than just like a project or or like a novelty is when ben ben was the missing piece that it completed the chemistry and and i think we knew that we 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 literally asked him to join the band. I think within like a couple minutes of walking off stage of like the final Soundwave show, like <laughs> Troy and, and Max and I were just like, "Hey, we're gonna ask Ben to join the join the band, right?" And then it was just like, "Yep, go get Ben." You know, we grabbed Ben and we're like, "Hey, man, you want to join the band?" And it's like you don't ask someone to join your band unless you're planning on doing more stuff, you know? You, or we would we would have just said, "Hey, man, thanks. Like, do you want to play more shows if we if we book some more?" You know? So we asked him to join the band because we at that point I think we knew that we were going to do more and we're going to do another record and we're going to, it changes the way you, you think about things. Like the difference between like a project and a band or like a, a, a one-off in a band or is, you know, I hate when people use the word project to describe this because it's not, it's a band and there's a difference in your mentality. And I feel like that is when the band, we became a band in terms of how we view this. And uh, we left Soundwave knowing that we were like, okay, like we, this is something that like is going to become a part of our lives that and these relationships are going to keep growing and we're going to, we're going to make another record and we're going to 
you know, see what we can do with this thing. And uh, that was that moment. It wasn't just like we went down and played some shows. I think the, that whole experience and that gelling with Ben and all of it was, uh, and, and with one another being on tour and things, which is different than being in the studio, like I said, like the whole experience took us from being uh, a project to a band. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I was like, super, super sorry, nervous. Yeah, so I just want to add, like, you, you, you would think that after all these years of, of, of playing and touring, that I would, you, you won't get nervous, right? And you'd be dead wrong. I was fucking scared, man. Like, literally, like, <laughs> like scared, freaked out, nervous, and excited at the same time. All of those at the same time going through my head, like, what's going to yeah. happen? What the fuck is going to happen? And, and, uh, the minute the first, like like Greg said, the first note hit it, it was like depressurized. Like you let just something just the lift just blew open, and it just and like I wish I, I could you could bottle that feeling and and drink it and feel it again anytime you wanted yep. to, like or like a drug, you know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, man, and and I totally agree. Like uh, right after that is where we were like no longer one one project album but this is a band that should do things like a band and we had we found a great drummer you know and, and a great guy that match our personalities and uh and the level of friendship inside the band and uh and from that point on it's just like fuck yeah we're this is rolling this is gonna be a huge part of our lives um and and i'm i'm really glad that that happened and but the the sound wave shows and open for uh, Lamb of God. Those are all incredible experiences, man, that we have to, like, next year, hopefully this coronavirus will open up and, and we can tour again because I'd love to just bring that to the U.K., maybe some festivals in the U.K., you know, like one of the big ones. Uh, Hell, yeah. You know. Tonington or Reading Leeds yeah, or something. Yeah, yeah. Any of those would be awesome. So, but yeah, it, it does. It 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 became a band at that point, and we never look back, man. It just all the, all all the way forward. Mm. So, if you don't mind me asking, what happened with the after that with the the kind of the touring that that didn't happen over here? I mean, um, was that just a case of the fact that obviously, you know, you've got four people in other bands who are incredibly busy and are doing other things? Was it just a case of scheduling or or yeah yeah it's impossible we came out of that really jazzed up to do more stuff like we were like yeah we're gonna book as many we'll, we'll do all the other places too and we'll go you know go to europe and we'll do some u.s shows and we'll do all this other stuff and then it's just you know we were both we were all touring so heavily it became so difficult you know it, be, it becomes difficult to like you have to find time to rehearse and then go on and then, you know, get somewhere, play some shows like it's it's a couple weeks at least, you know, and like finding a couple weeks that we all had off at the same time that weren't just like just those two weeks. You know, you know, you can't just be, you know, you don't want to you want to just have two weeks off and fill them up. So you kind of need more than two weeks off so that you can get those two weeks. And like it just it's really, it's really difficult. You know, Dillinger was touring really heavily. Max is touring really heavily. Masson, Ben's got you know a bunch of bands. Even when it's not converged, he's doing other stuff. So it wasn't uh, it wasn't easy, man. And like I said, it wasn't. And then once we we did start to get that time, then you have to decide what you're doing with that time. It's like, are we going to spend that time playing these old songs now from a couple years ago, 
that some some of them, I mean, Max and I started writing in 2010. It's like, you have to think about that. We started writing those songs in 2010. So at this point, Soundwave is 2014 and, you know, or, or 15. I can't remember which one it was, maybe, and uh, maybe 2015. So that's five years after Max and I first started writing those demos. So now that we got Ben involved and, and Troy came in really late into the picture of that first record. So Troy came in. 80% of that music had already been written when Troy came in. So now we've got Troy. We can start from scratch with Troy and Ben. What are we going to do with these two weeks that we have coming up next February that we can all get together? Are we going to go play five shows in Europe or are we going to work on new songs? So, so you know, we, we chose to start working on new songs. Yeah, that's fair enough. That's fair enough. Um, I was going to ask you, since you mentioned him a bunch of times already, and we've not really spoken about him that much yet, what is it about Ben Collar? I mean, I, I've seen Converge a whole bunch of times over the years and for a band who are as explosive as Converge there's not many drummers of bands that good live that I can't take my eyes off of that guy is a fucking machine a monster um and I really feel like this record has just a a frenetic pulverizing nature because of the addition of Ben Collar but oh yeah in your words gents what does does Ben bring to the band well, I mean, first of all, Ben is a really fun, great energy to be around. Like, Ben is one of us, you know? He's got the same type of energy that we have. And he's, again, like, a, that's the, what you're looking for is you look at the person. It's like, would I have started a band with this guy if I was in school? If I'm in school and there's 3,000 other kids, is this kid one of the kids that I would have gravitated towards and hung out with? And, like, you know, would we would we have been a band together? Like, he's one of those guys. And for me, it's like, and, and Troy... We've known Ben since we were both, you know, since I was like 22, like when, you know, Converge and Dillinger, we were like, you know, back in like 2002 to like maybe like 2005 or six, like any hardcore metalcore type of festival that you went to in the US, like the headliners were Dillinger and Converge. And we had like, you know, we were little, we were kind of rivals, but also like friends and like, you know, we've known each other for a long time and uh, never you know, done anything together and he's known Troy, you know, for a long time and he was just he was just the right guy. But energy wise, his playing is completely different. Like Ben's energy is really forward. It's really like up. He will play he will just keep going and going and going. Like for every fill that we have on the record, there's like thirty fills of that. And I would say for every second of the record there's fills that we didn't use. There's like he will play drums until you have to like you put his arms and legs in ice, you know, every day. You can really beat on him, and he will just keep going and going and going and going. He's like like a little Lombardo, like not stylistically like Lombardo because you know they have a different different flavor. But like the, in terms of just like endless stamina, like I remember watching Converge, you know, years and ago, and just thinking to myself, like, God damn, dude, like that guy is just going and going and going. And a lot of people when they get late, you know, if you're if you're tracking them, drummers, if they get late. In the, in the session, like they'll start weakening, like you can, and your kicks, you know, their kicks and their hands and shit will start like getting a little lighter and a little more inconsistent. But Ben is just like a full animal. Like he'll just keep going and going and going and going. So, uh, yeah, his his energy as far as a drummer, and he, he really is excited about the band, which helps too. Like he doesn't treat it like a paid gig. He doesn't treat it like it's like some side thing. Like he drove a lot of enthusiasm for this record. Like he drove a lot of like, yo, dude, when are we getting together? Let's get together. When, what do you got? Let's, when are we going to Max's? When are we going out to Phoenix? What are we doing? I'm ready. Let's go. You know? And it's like, Oh shit. Like having a a new guy come in with that kind of energy. 
is, remember, uh, remember especially broke, when he's he, he broke his arm remember and we we had to wait for for yeah for his arm to heal and we could have like probably like get somebody else to do the record you know in, in, to hurry up but we're like we're all you know, like at the right moment like everybody said nope let's just fucking wait man yep we're gonna wait yep he's gonna heal the arm and we're gonna come back and uh uh, yeah, yeah, Ben is the best, man. He's like the glue, you know. I think I heard Troy say that the other day, um, but I I agree. He is like the 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 glue that that glues all of us together. And uh, I would agree with that. Yeah, yeah, totally, man. And I love watching him play. Like when he hit, when he hits and kicks the symbol, and the symbol jumps. I never saw anybody fucking do that in my life, and I was like, holy shit, man! This this is some crazy crazy stuff and then when you need him to play fast and aggressive he does and then when you need him to sit in a pocket like from a crowded wound the way he sits in the pocket that reminds me of like Mike Borden on Angel Dust yep I was, it, I was, and he'll work on it too he worked on that like he worked on that for hours hours, you know? he, hours. He, he, he wasn't he worked on that main that main groove from, from a crowded wound he played that groove it for I'm not joking when literal hours the main groove of that song that's, that happens in the verses he worked on it for. He, he sat in the studio and worked on it for hours just to, you know, to get it to feel right and to get it to groove right and to get get the pocket right. And a lot of people will just, you know, a lot of people won't do that. A lot of people will just be like, "Here, this is what I have. This is it. Like, take it or leave it." Or they'll walk away from it and try something different if they can't quite get it right. And he sat there for hours getting that groove to right where it is, and it makes a huge difference. And that's not a fast part, and it's not some crazy, you know, speed drumming, but you know he just did he'll he's the kind of guy that if you, if the bus broke down and you need he would drive the bus you know like he's like a straight up like band warrior like he'll just make he just makes it happen you know he's like the kind of like you said he's a glue he's the kind of guy that you want in your band and and uh he just has the enthusiasm for being in a band and for playing this kind of music and for for doing it that's just contagious it's contagious to everybody around him and uh yeah it's you know He's he's an indisposable part of the band at this point. I think. Yeah, and you never have to ask him like, tell him what beat to play. Like he, he his instincts are always amazing. Like he knows, yeah, he knows what kind of beat he should put on, on certain song. Uh, it was really fun for me. I I had a blast working on Animas with him, because it was like let's do this one minute song that we're just gonna go off. And yes. it's just fast, and you just go crazy, like Converge style. Like you, it felt like you were playing live. You know, it was so mm-hmm. much fun. But yeah, and he's a like Greg say, just a, just a great guy, man. Just great energy to be around. And that's, I was like this. That that, that is the the power behind Killer BQ is all the the positive energy that everybody brings. You know, everybody's really really positive and excited to be to be part of this uh and then you know every, good things come come out of that it's always always good um good feelings when we're around each other and you know i had that going with greg back in the day when it was just me and him always telling me about bands you know he's the one that told me about nails when i never i never heard of nails and i was like blown away like what what is this this is fucking yeah, yeah. Cra- crazy and i remember when greg told, first showed me spotify i didn't know what spotify was and Greg's like, check us, you know, you know, Spotify, right? Spotify, what the fuck is that? Sounds crazy. It's like you, you can get all the songs that you want. And I was like, what? 
oh, I got I, I to gotta get me one of those, you know? Uh, so, yeah, man, our friendship has really, been a lot of fun, man. It's, and it's so cool to see flourish the way the excitement around this record is unheard of it. It's awesome. It's so very, very, very cool that from one little thing, from one little spark that we had at that show, so much came out of it. And that's that's what it comes down to, man. Sometimes you just got to... Just gotta believe things can happen like that and, and and roll with it man yeah that's beautiful man that's, that's like i i read something from troy uh saying that you guys were over the last few years you've kind of when the schedules have been sort of aligned you've been able to get together the sort of four of you and write this record um how quickly did these songs come together and what is the actual writing process that you guys went through to to put this record together Um, the, I, I nicknamed them the desert sessions. And I think in the future, it might even be cool to, uh, put it out there. Some of those recordings that were done on, on people's cell phones, because it was mm. uh, the recordings of the album, you know, like the, the creation of the songs. Um, but yeah, I think we work in, 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 in sessions and it was like three, four days. And then we don't see each other for like six months and we just put everything aside and then another session comes in. We write a whole bunch of new stuff and then put it aside again. And uh, we just keep keep piling up like that. And uh, I, I think that's what's, what's, what's cool. And then I think also we didn't really try to change the songs much. The original idea always stayed. Don't you agree with me, Greg? Like a lot of the songs have the, the original idea is intact from the, the original riff. I think that happened quite a lot, and I think that's really cool. So some bands, they'll have a riff, and because of the time, because you spent five years making the record, on the fifth year, you're already tired of the riff, and you're going to go change the riff, and you end up ruining it. You ruin the riff that was great to start with. There was nothing wrong with the riff, you know? So I think we did that. Right, yeah. We did that. We kept a lot of the original ideas, which is fucking great. Okay, cool. Um Greg, is there anything, I mean, for the writing process, I mean, is that fair to say that it's, it, it is a record that sounds like it's made by one kind of very together communal organism, if you like, as opposed to one idea that's been written by one person and then maybe tweaked by lots of yeah. other people. Is that fair to say? Yeah, I mean, there's some songs that were fully developed by, you know, I think each of us had one, like more or less, or a couple that... We're pretty. Max actually was had a couple that were pretty fully formed. I would say that uh, "Dream Gone Bad" I, it is, you know, the, the 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 main riffs of that song were. I, I'm I'm pretty sure I'm having a hard time remembering if there's anybody else's in there, but like uh, that's mostly Max. Animus is all Max. Left of center is mostly Troy, and then uh, <clears throat> from a crowded wound is all mine and that's from forever ago that's the only thing on the record that's from like from older from older sessions that like max said from a crowd of woo and that was a demo that structure of that song is the same as the demo was from like 10 years ago I, we just couldn't get it couldn't couldn't get it cooked right in time back then and you know and we, we revisited it this time and got it got it right but the rest of it yeah is really all of us like we bring our riffs and our parts and things that we want to work on we bring it to the sessions out in phoenix and then we all hammer on them together you know like it, we, we're not like 
you know, sending files to one another that we're already mentally married to that we can't deviate from. You know, we, we bring the riffs out and we all start jamming on them in real time and we see where they go. And like maybe someone else has a riff that works with your riff and you, you know, you try different combinations out and different things. And then a lot of times something new just comes, you know, on the spot, you know, that grows out of one of the riffs that you brought. You know, I have a riff and then Max kind of takes that and takes it somewhere else or Max has one and, or me and Troy take it somewhere else and, you know, you add on to it and in, in real time and it, it gives it a lot more of like an organic, you know, sort of the way we do with vocals. It gives it a lot more of an organic band kind of vibe than, than everyone just being like, okay, I'm going to bring in four songs and you bring in four songs, you bring in four songs and that'll be it. Like, it's really not that way. Like, uh, the, 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 the songs that we all brought in that were f- kind of fully formed you know the one or two each that we brought that was a bonus you know but most of the stuff is where we're just jamming on each other's ideas and jamming on each other's riffs and in real time out in phoenix and and uh and doing it like that and in that way you know you don't really know what the other person necessarily is coming with and it's kind of like christmas like every time you get together like max has a bunch of riffs i've got a bunch of riffs you know troy's got a bunch of stuff and we all just sit there sweating to death and then in the uh in the rehearsal spot in phoenix and you know you just kind of live and breathe the the shit and when you leave there you know you don't leave until you've kind of taken everything down every possible tangent and you know avenue that you can take it down and then you leave there and you spend another couple months regrouping some new ideas to bring to the to the to the group and then you come back and do it again and uh yeah we just everything was really organic all right great well i mean from what you guys are saying, I'm hoping, and maybe I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself at this point, but I'm hoping that there's still maybe riffs in the in the back pocket for a potential third Killer Be Killed on, record bud. at some point. Come on, bud. <laughs> Come on, bud. This guy's I'm talking a, this guy's a, right now. He's already writing. Greg is right. <laughs> I'm already rocking. I sent I Max a riff like two days ago, bro. Yeah, yeah two yeah. days ago. I'm ready. I, you ready know, to get going. You know what? I, I, I gotta point it out. Is is me and Greg right now, we're like Hatfield and Mustaine back in the 80s, brother. <laughs> yeah. Bucky yeah, we're really into guitars right now, man. Like, I think we kind of re-fell in love with guitar on this record and, like, kind of, like, one another, like, we created, like, the first record, like, Max wrote, I would say, 70% of the riffs, and then he played, like, 95% of the guitar on the record. And even if, even if it was a part that I wrote, Max played it. And on this record, Max and I are playing guitar at the same time all the time. Even if we're playing the same part, we're playing at the same time. Yeah. And a lot of times, a lot of times, you know, we we will split. Like we'll be playing the same part, but we have completely different tones, completely different guitar tones. We'll split, you know, the speakers so that I'm a little bit more right and he's a little bit more left. And then I'll go off and start doing like some textury stuff or some soloy stuff while he's playing. And we we have a lot more of a kind of a conversation happening with the guitars on this record and we became like a proper guitar duo which is really fucking exciting for me yeah and uh yeah wait, it, wait i think more that's fun. when i hear the record when i hear the record i hear that a lot that's what i to me i hear a, a lot of on this record is guitar and that was a really fun process this time uh to 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 come to uh the recording and like really know that we had to level up and, and feel excited to level up that area of the band is to, is to like be like you know let's let's have a proper let, let's really make this something special from like a guitar duo standpoint the way you know I like he said like you you want to have like I don't know and it yeah it definitely changed the it changed the record the way, the way it sounds 
it is changed different. It changed the landscape of, of how the, the record was made, for sure. And, and I, I was like, um, and, and I'm not saying this because you're in right now in the interview with us, but literally, for real, the, the, the guitar parts that you added are so killer. And I was so surprised, brother. I was literally like, Totally, Thanks, man. totally surprised, like, because I, I know how hard that shit is, you know. Like sometimes the most simple things, um, and, and we're shit out of luck if you couldn't do it because I don't have the strings for it. I only got four strings. Um, <laughs> so you, man, I knew you, that's I knew kind of knew I had to. You I, had to I, I had do it. To. The pressure was yeah. on you. You had to do it, but we pull it out, and now it's man, it's so much fun now. Like it's like yeah, it's like I look forward to the next record already. I already look forward to be in a room with you trading riffs again you know me too, and, man. and we try me too. and, and uh, yeah so it is fun it's it's a it's super fun thing to be part of it and uh um super proud of you stepping up as a guitar player Thanks, on this record um but well, but, but i but think yeah. i had a lot of it was like for me i had a hard time accepting it like because you know I'm, i was you know, I'm 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 a singer, so I'm known for being a singer. So you kind of you know when I my but my first creative love was guitar playing. Like I was I was a guitar player at first, and I loved playing guitar, and I loved playing riffs, and I loved you know writing with guitar. And then eventually, I just kind of phased that out and just only sang and became known as a singer. And like I still obviously think of myself as a singer, but I couldn't. I had a hard time, to you know, telling myself that that I you know I was I could I need to approach this like a guitar player outside of being a singer I need to approach this like a guitar player or else or else the opportunity on for is lost like there's an opportunity on this record going into recording for me to step up and own my shit as a guitar player and like really like be like no hey I'm going to do some cool shit on here and not I'm not just going to be a singer that's holding a guitar you know which you you don't want to be that guy you don't want to be just the singer that has the prop guitar every now and then, you know, like you yeah. want to come in and, and really kick ass on, on these guitar parts and not just the riffs that you wrote, but the playing on the record and the things that you might be able to add to what Max is doing and just really make it more three dimensional. Like I hear the, the guitar on this record is a lot more three dimensional than the first record because we had a lot more, there's just a lot more of a real conversation happening in that realm and uh, a lot more contribution where uh, instead of me just relying on Max to do all the guitar. And, right. Uh, and, and it made our personalities come out a lot more. And it's like, we, I know exactly what, you know, having Max, you know, play allows, I had to, you know, learn how to pivot around him and learn how to, like, how, how can I contribute to something? If Max has already got a really heavy riff and he's already laid it down and it already sounds crushing, I'm not going to out-heavy him. Like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to record and try to get a heavier tone than him and lay it on top of him because that's, that's not going to make any sense. So like, what can I do either like guitar tone wise to accent what he's doing or guitar part wise to accent what he's doing. And it became like really fun for me and like a, a really fun challenge and, and something that I had to, uh, it caused me to grow a lot and to learn a lot. And now I'm really, you know, really excited for the third record because I feel like we've got, you know, we've got all these, all the stuff you know that happened from the first record to the second record that we built on. Now we can take that and, and just build even further on it. And there's a, there's no pressure. We just got to make our master puppets next. But it's no pressure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> this this is a this is a heartwarming um, heavy metal bromance that I feel like I'm in the middle of, Jensen. It's it's delightful. But I have to wrap up before I do. Before I let you go, um, the one thing I did want to ask you is having both of you here. Um, 
I'm interested to get your perspective on where you think heavy music is as we sit here in 2020. I know, um, I feel like I've got sort of, I know, Greg, you've said some things in the past about the, the sort of where metal is. And I know, Max, obviously, you've been here in this scene for years and years and years. Um, how do you feel about heavy music and where it kind of sits in the, the, the wider ecosystem of music today? Well, it's really, it's tough to tell what you and you can't tour, but I, yeah. I think, I think when we come back from COVID, heavy music is going to come back, uh, in a, in a bigger way than it's been in a while because the, the nature of rock and roll and heavy music and metal is that it's, it's as it's wild and free and aggressive and unconstrained by nature. And I think right now everyone is being really constrained and being, you know, so the opposite of that, it's like if you hold a spring down when you let your, when you let go, it's going to fucking pop. So I feel like right now everyone, when this is over with, people aren't going to want to be in like a, people are going to want to be wild and carefree and free. And they're going to want to have experiences like that. And they're going to want to be in, clubs where there's feedback and loud guitars and fucking someone hitting a real drum in front of them and screaming and there's some kind of you know that energy and that energy primarily of more than any other form of music comes from rock and metal and punk and hardcore and and everything under that umbrella so i think we're going to be in a good place for this kind of music once the kind of once this lifts but uh so but so it's tough to tell because yeah like i said i think the landscape is going to be so different and the way everything feels is going to be different than coming into this because of that. Mm. So where we were like a year ago, I don't think we're going to be there a year from now. I think we're going to be in a place where people really want, you know, I think metal had gone underground and rock was kind of starting to go underground and punk and hardcore and everything starting to go underground compared to where it was, uh, you know, maybe a decade or so ago. But, and uh, now I think there might, there's a chance that, that young people are really going to, especially because, you know, all this 90s resurgence shit is happening too. So all these young, you know, you see 13 and 14 year olds are out, you know, wearing Nirvana t-shirts and Metallica t-shirts and stuff. And I think there's a real curiosity of, for young people that have just primarily grown up listening, like with computer based pop music happening all around them. I think they're missing this time period and they see these people smashing guitars and screaming and jumping off shit and, you know, lighting things on fire. And, you know, they're seeing all this stuff on YouTube and all, and they, they missed it all, you know? Yeah. And, uh, I think that there's going to be a real hunger for that when all the live shit opens back up. Mm. How about you, Max? Uh, yeah, I, I agree with all that. I think it's, it's you know there's always going to be an angry kid somewhere, pissed off, rebellious, thirteen year old in his room with his guitar, telling the world to fuck off. And that's the spirit of metal is alive with that. But uh, regardless of that, I I love the fact that we still have some some amazing um, classic bands still doing stuff like Judas Priest and, and Angel Witch and, uh, you, you know, like uh, ACDC, you know. And you got the underground generation uh, that I'm very much into, a lot of stuff like Creeping Death and Necrot and, and Nails and, uh, uh, you know, that whole, the whole underground scene. Um uh, black curse and things like that, but uh, to me, it's uh, it's it's heavy metal. It's like it's like cockroaches. It doesn't die, you know. It's, yep. it's, you know, it, you can't kill it. You, yeah, it yeah. Won't, it won't go away. And it's because it's, it's badass. It's never not going to be badass. You know. Yeah. Like, yeah. come on. 
It's true. Like that, like you were saying, that filthy vagabond feeling. It's like you go backstage, you're you're on the road with your friends, you're on stage with your friends, you're, you're getting loud. I mean, dude, this, if you haven't been in a backstage in a while, or you haven't been in a club in a while, or you haven't heard a loud guitar or heard feedback or like a crushing riff or something like that, you haven't heard that in a while. Like you hear it, or you're on tour for the first time in a long time. You, it's there's nothing like it. And like when you're a kid, like. It's badass. There's, there's, it's never not been badass. So you know, since the, since you know, the inception of loud guitars and Black Sabbath and all that stuff, it's just not. It's not. It's been. It's been happening for sixty years now. You know, and it's never. It's not going to stop happening. It's not going to stop being badass. Mm-hmm. Amen to that, gents. We have to uh, wrap it up there. Uh, I was going to talk to you a little bit about your solo album, Greg. It's really good, by the way. But that's all I have time Thanks, to say. Man. Yeah, it's really good. Um, thank you so much. And uh, as I mentioned, Killer Be Killed have a new album coming out, Reluctant Hero. I mean, by the time you're hearing this, it's probably going to be out or it's just about to be out. Fuck um, yeah. So it's uh, it's an exciting time. Gents, thanks so much for chatting to us. It's been absolutely lovely. Uh, we will see you soon. Thanks, man. All right, my man. Thank you. Thanks, dude.